Heritage Media. According to the Australian Government's Institute of Health and Welfare, there are 2.6 million Australians who own their homes outright and do not have a mortgage. And for the rest of us 23 million Aussies, we are probably going to need, want or already have a home loan. That's where our next guest comes into it. Shane Critland from Community First Credit Union in Gorikin is a coastie and not only understands the area, the locals and the real estate market, he understands banking and today he's sitting down with us to shed a little light on what is happening behind the scenes when we are getting a new mortgage or refinancing a current one. Welcome Shane. Welcome Shane. I just want to jump in and ask how long you've lived on the coast? Um, so I've been up here eight years ago now, relocated up from uh, northwest Sydney. Um, I've got a lot of family and friends up here and I used to spend pretty much every second weekend up here. Um, and when the opportunity came up to sort of make a sea change, I jumped straight onto it and haven't looked back yet. So Why wouldn't you? And what um, what part of the coast are you actually on? Uh, north of Oka. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful part yeah, of the world. Nice spot in the world. Yeah. And how long have you actually been in banking for? And yep. has it always been on the coast or did you start in, in Sydney? Yep. So, um, so I've basically been in banking for about 16 years now. Um, so originally started banking um, in Sydney, um, but I moved up here to work for St George uh, when I first relocated up. Um, so, yeah, but I pretty much look after the Central Coast, Newcastle and Hunter Valley for banking. So You would have seen some really big changes in 16 years. Oh, massive, massive. So for the price you used to be able to buy property on the Central Coast as opposed to Sydney um, has, yeah, changed dramatically. So, mm. yeah. But, and even just banking, and banking in general. banking as well, yeah. There's been some massive changes. With the way of um, yeah. tap and go and... yeah. Yep. And I actually yep. got $20 out yesterday for my nephew's uh, birthday card. I don't remember the last time I... I know. Do we know what cash is these days? I don't think so. <laughs> and um, how is it working for a credit union like Community First? Is it different from the bigger fish? Is it more personal? Yeah, it's a lot more personal. Like hands down, it's more personal uh, being, being the size that they are. It means that you've got more... Um, access to all levels of the organisation as opposed to when you work for one of the big the big four. Um, there's lots of, you know, loops and hoops and everything that you need to sort of jump through. Um, but from a member's perspective, uh, because we're not there um, basically to provide a profit for the shareholders, um, we basically have a lot more time to spend with our members to provide quality service as well as, um, you know, unique products and, and really good interest rates. So can I just backtrack though and can you just yeah. tell me it, what is the big difference between a, a banking institution that we would all know and a like a credit union. Yeah, yep. So so basically a, a, an actual bank um, has shareholders, so they're pretty much there to make a profit, uh, profit for those shareholders um, as opposed to a credit union. They're member-owned. All the money goes back into the actual organisation um, to obviously help reduce interest rates, come up with new bespoke products. Um, so just, um, yeah, just money, money goes back into the organisation instead of, you know, trying to push their staff to try and you know, get as many clients on board as they can. And hit quotas. Yeah, and, exactly. And yeah. you, I know, um, you know, the Community First is actually very community-based as well. Oh, definitely. We, we try and do a lot in our community as much as we can. Mm, yep. Which is how H we hence, met. Hence, hence why our name's Community First. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And before even coming in for a home loan, um, most people do need to save 
for a deposit. How do you nurture clients in that really early stages of coming to you? Yep. So, um, so a lot of the first home buyers we know uh, prior to them starting their journey because we do run like first home buyer seminars and stuff, which is free educational seminars to to our local communities. Um, so once we do know that they're on board, uh, we'll provide them some simple hints, uh, hints and tips on how they can save, um, set some dates um, in regards to the the ideal goal that they're trying to get to. Um, so that's what we try and do to them. We, we'll touch base with them every so often just to make sure they're on track. Um, so that's, that's what we do. We sort of hold their hand. And is it what we would think it would be? So just in the way of savings, is it just regular payments and set amounts? Um, no, it can be money basically that they accumulate in an account. Um, so what we look for is about three months worth of savings, whether it's a, a lump sum that they've got um, in a savings account or a fixed term. Um, if not, um, yeah, just regular amounts going in. Um, a lot of people th- um, that don't quite have the savings there that they need, they don't realise that they can actually use um, rental payments that they're paying as a as like a savings plan as such because that's a regular amount that they're saving mm. and if you remove that rental amount away that's pretty much what they'll be saving anyway yeah yeah or that's what their mortgage repayments yeah, exactly anyway. so yeah. there's a history of correct sometimes years and years oh there is yeah and they don't even realize exactly it exactly right yeah. yeah and who who are the type of people that you're mainly seeing coming in for a uh, alone is it a lot of you know younger people mid twenties thirties or is it everyone? It's everyone, but at the moment, obviously, because um, uh, there's there's a lot of opportunity for government grants and stuff at the moment, so we are seeing a lot of first home buyers, uh, especially around this top end of the coast as well as Newcastle, because there's a lot of new housing estates. So we are seeing heaps of first home buyers, but obviously investors too. But a majority. Um, lately have been first-home buyers. Yeah, okay. And um, just quickly, I know you're not a, um, an expert on, on government grants, but yeah. has that really changed the the way people can get into the, the market now than the, how they... Oh, exactly. People ago? people generally be waiting for years and years and years and not, be, not knowing what opportunities are available. But now at the moment, um, first-home buyers can pretty much jump into the market really quickly. Mm. And so, and obviously that's just driving the building industry as well because there's, you know, there's plenty of people looking to buy. Yeah. So yeah. when people come in to see you, is that something else you can talk about and just to help you know, gently guide them in the right direction for grants as well? Exactly. Yeah. If they're not aware yeah, of it. Definitely right. One of the common themes in the podcast when talking to everyone is you do what you do every day. Yeah. It's just second nature. Exactly. When I talk to agents, they're selling, but people are only doing this once, twice, maybe three times exactly. in their lifetime. Yeah. And it's really overwhelming. It is. And you've kind of got to trust the people that do yeah. it all the time. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we sometimes we get people that um, might have a 30K deposit saved there and they're, they're, they're first home buyers and they don't even know what grants are available. It's like, did you know that you can pretty much look to buy a house and land package now with the savings you've got? because they're expecting to save that 20% deposit, which could be years down the track. Mm. So. Well, speaking of 20% deposit, does that is that the standard rule? Does that always apply? And does it change if I'm a single parent or investor or have my parents as a guarantor? How does that yeah. work? Yep, so it doesn't always apply. Um, so with Community First, you can actually borrow up to 95% of the, um, of the house price. Um, so the only thing with that is obviously lender's mortgage insurance um, comes into play, um, but you've obviously got parental guarantees um, as well. So if they've got equity in their house, um, they could look at um, using that as equity and it's um, actually a, a fixed amount on what they need to borrow so they don't take your whole property as equity um, or guarantor, should I say. 
So just on that, just as a scenario, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in my mid twenties. My parents own their home outright, yep. which might be worth say seven or eight hundred thousand. Yeah. If I only have say ten percent of my deposit, can I that parental guarantee? Is that what it's called? A yeah. Parental guarantee. Yeah. So we use a limited guarantee on the additional ten percent. Right. Yep. So you avoid lenders' mortgage insurance fees. Does that mess though? Do my parents then have to give their deeds over yeah. for that? Yeah. So okay. they they give their deeds over. However, as I said, it's only it's only a limited guarantee. So as soon as that ten percent portion's paid, those those deeds are released back. Okay. Yeah. And do you find a lot of parents are helping their children out? Yes. Yes. Yeah. There are. The ones that can do it, yes, but if not, everyone else is taking up the opportunity with all the government grants at the moment, so... Yeah. And how do do most of them feel about handing over their deeds when it's just what's drilled into you since the day you leave home is you save, you buy your own home, you pay it off, you get your deeds? Yeah. So when you have a conversation with with the potential clients or members um, and let them know what options are available... Some parents are a bit iffy at start, um, but at the end of the day, they just want to see their kids get ahead as well. Mm. Uh, but it is a lot different um, nowadays as opposed to when you know our, our parents were younger. Yeah, um, it was pretty much you do it on your own; you don't get help. But nowadays, obviously, there, there's a lot of options available. And just from an investor point of view, if I own my own home outright mm-hmm. and I want to buy an investment property, can I borrow a hundred percent or I and sure use can. mine as collateral? Sure can. Yeah. So yep. again, that twenty percent doesn't even apply there. Exactly. It's just, so there yep. is di- different yep. scenarios for Correct. everyone, I guess. That's right. Yeah. And just before we get into the load and sign of things, can you tell me the different interest rate types? So, so you've got varied, fixed, split, um, and what's suitable yeah. for people? Yeah. So obviously uh, fixed uh, interest rates um, obviously make it uh, easier for, for budgeting. Um, so your opponent won't change over that particular fixed period. Um, some lend- the, the only th- other thing you need to look, look out for is some lenders restrict additional payments into fixed loan products. Others don't, so we, we allow you to make additional repayments. Some others in the fix in a fixed term won't won't allow that. Um, but yeah, fix does make it easier to budget. Um, so for a lot of first home buyers, some of them do prefer that um, because they know what their um, you know weekly, fortnightly, monthly amounts are going to be. Um, variable gives you the flexibility of being able to make additional repayments without having to occur any any fees if you do make a additional. Um, but also. That's good because uh, interest rates do go up and down. So if you are potentially looking at selling the house, it's better to be in a in a variable rate as opposed to a fixed because there could be break costs um, if you're looking to basically offload that house um, and you and you're breaking that term early. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how closely do you have to watch the interest rates, and does it? affect the time it takes to prepare and approve a loan? Yeah. Um, so obviously interest rates can change on a daily basis. Um, so if you if you are going to a particular lender and they do have a promotional rate, um, you pretty much need to jump on that straight away because those promotional rates can be pulled at any time. Um, so in regards to uh, getting a loan approved, it can to get pre-approval, it can be done in three days um, as long as we've got all the uh, obviously supporting documents um, and full approval within five. So it's a fairly quick turnaround time. So, and the other thing too, if you could just, um, whether it's a, you know, just a myth or a rumour, but if, say you're advertising a, a, I don't know, 2% rate Mm. at the moment, is that 2% for everyone or it depends on people's history and their story and it's like, you do have like AAA people that you lend to with their history? Yep. So in regards to the promotional rates, um, sometimes there's a certain um, LVR, 
Um, so depending on how much you can borrow, sometimes they'll only cover 80%. Sorry, what's LVR? Um, so loan to, loan to investment ratio. Right. Yeah. Um, so in regards to in, in regards to those, um, yeah, you just you just need to check with the lender because there could be certain terms and conditions that apply. Generally, there's a minimum amount of usually around the two, 200, 250K mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. When you're going through an application, what are you actually looking at? Um, and what's the usual turnaround time? Yeah. So, so basically, as long as they've got all their supporting documents and signed applications... Um, we basically look at the ability for, for the actual applicants to repay their loan. So as long as, obviously, they've got the ability to pay that particular loan off um, and, and it suits their needs, it usually is turnaround within three to five days. That's just a standard time frame. If we do have uh, members or clients that come in and have already made offers, uh, we can turn it around a bit quicker. However, um, three, to five, three to five days. No, I don't recommend that. It's You must be feeling the pressure like we are because home they're turning over so quickly they are so unless you've got everything ready to go mm-hmm. you'll more than likely miss out yeah, exactly that's the one thing that just seems to be on repeat at the moment exactly. when you're talking to agents and vendors and brokers and that's right so mm. don't put in an offer unless you've got the finance approved <laughs> yes. is the, is the number story. one rule <laughs> and what would usually hold an application up um, so if members or clients um, have any additional questions or we're following up documents, um, uh, they're, they're usually the main things that slow them up. But obviously as well, um, if lenders have like a great promotional rate and they have an influx of applications, that could hold up an application as well. Um, obviously we try and not let that um, impact us so much, but the general things I find is supporting documents. So mm-hmm. you like your pay slips and things like that. And how often do you do a promotional rate? Is it sort of like a quarter? Is it particular seasons? Yeah, so it's it's not timed as such. It's just when we feel the need that, you know, we're, we're right to, you know, jump out there in the market again and, and um, have this crazy interest rate. So, yep. yeah, okay. but they're, they're not timed exactly. And what, as we speak, as we, we go live, what mm-hmm. would what's the interest rate today? What are you... Um, so we've got 1.99 for either a two-year fixed or, or variable. So, Did yeah. you ever think you'd see it so low? No, not at all. What's the highest you've seen it um, in, in your career? In my career, in the nines. Yeah. Yeah. When my parents built their first house. 18%. 16 to 18%, exactly, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy to think yeah, about that. isn't it? You think, how could you afford to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was, they must have eaten toasted sandwiches every night for dinner. Well, I, 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 <laughs> I must say I do remember um, a period back, you know, in the late 80s where all sports in our family stopped for a little while yeah. and because it just registrations and uniforms and it all adds up it all adds up mm. and when the interest rates got that high it was um yeah yeah you had no choice 1.99 <laughs> huh and is there something we can do as borrowers that helps with speeding up the process um yeah but basically let, ask your lender what's required up front um, so you know exactly what you need. Um, and the most, the, the best thing to do is be honest and open about your current um, financial circumstances. Try not hide anything because obviously they go through everything these days with like a fine tooth comb. So just be upfront, transparent and ask what you need. It is really hard when you you are filling out the forms mm. and it says entertainment. Like what yep. would you spend a month <laughs> on entertainment? And you go, oh, maybe your dinner and Netflix. And then you really look at what yeah. you spend yeah and it's quite confronting yeah. it can be very uh intimidating however 
obviously with what's happened in the banking world over the last you know 10 10 20 30 years um they've really yeah crunched down on that sort of thing mm, yep and a lot of p- people when applying for a home loan they do have a credit card um bit of after pay you know you might get yeah. a Harvey Norman and have the 60 months interest free on a lounge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that all the stuff you take into consideration as well? Yep. So so basically, depending on their needs or their circumstances, we could look at consolidating all that sort of stuff to make it more manageable for them. However, if they've got the um, the borrowing capacity there um, to, to keep those um, unsecured debts, then by all means, they can stay there. But sometimes it is a lot more manageable and cheaper for them to put into their home loan. Yep. Yeah. And is that... Is that an easier thing to do to start adding, you know, an afterpay, a credit card, a lounge, or you know, it might be a an iPad from JB Hi-Fi, whatever it is. Yeah. Is that easy to consolidate that all? It is. It is. It is very. And and sometimes, um, depending on what um, what terms and interest rates they're being charged at, it could potentially save you money, um, but not always. Sometimes, obviously, because it's going to the home loan, it's over a longer term, so therefore you end up paying more interest on it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And just on that, um, if I've got a little bit of equity in my home mm-hmm. and I want to get a car, yeah, can I – does that have to be a car loan or can I tie that into my home loan? And You can tie it into it to your, t- um, your, your home loan, I should yep. say. Um, so with, with that particular scenario, because um, obviously with home loans, uh, they could be over 10, 20, 30-year period. Mm. Um, so a lot of lenders will look at um, having like a sub-loan and doing it over a shorter term at the home loan rate. Nice. So therefore, you are paying your car off a lot sooner, um, but at a home loan rate. So if, if someone hasn't readjusted their finances in four or five years, they should absolutely come in and see you. Definitely. Definitely. They could be paying a lot more interest than they yeah. they, they need to be. Because everything else is going up except wages, yep. so you've got to save exactly money right. somehow. Yeah, that's right. And how would my existing um, personal credit card well, – sorry, personal loans, credit card loans, does that actually impact my borrowing capacity? It does because unsecured, um, unsecured um, debt is basically assessed at a higher rate. So there's benchmark rates when we assess applications and unsecured debt is assessed at a higher rate. Um, so therefore, it actually will reduce your borrowing capacity. Um, so therefore, if, if we know you're wanting to achieve a certain amount uh, in your borrowing um, power, uh, we'll suggest to close off those um, those unsecured uh, debts if you don't need them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I, because, I guess... Sorry. Yeah, because even if they are uh, like your Harvey Norman, zero, zero percent interest-free for however many months, the amount or the limit on that card actually is what we take into consideration. It's actually not what you've spent on it. Mm. It's the full amount of the available credit. Yeah, so if I've got a $15,000 credit card and mm. I only owe $400 on it, yep. you look at that as $20,000. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And what, um, what kind of home loan features would be um, advantageous for an investor at the moment, do you think? Um, so investors generally find that an offset account facility linked to their home loan um, is, a, is a great way of being able to save or put money aside um, if any upgrades or any emergencies happy, uh, um, happen with the house. So um, basically if the if person that's actually uh, renting their property out says that this is broken, that's broken, need a new dishwasher, that's what they find is great, just to keep a bit of money aside for any of those any of those emergencies that occur. Yeah, okay. Because obviously, yeah, they, obviously the balance they keep in there comes off their home loan because it's an offset account. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the buyers who aren't first homeowners or investors? What kind? Because you hear a lot about first homeowners, yep. you hear a lot about investors, but you don't hear a lot of people about mm. um, 
yeah. refinancing. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, every buyer is different. Um, so that is why, um, as a lender, we'll basically sit with them and, and basically work through what's important to them and work out their scenarios and work out what's available for them. Um, obviously, we have a look at features and benefits and recommend obviously products that suit their needs mm. yeah and it's probably important to mention too if, if you've had a you know 25 30 year home loan and you're 15 or 20 years in mm-hmm. you just pick up from where you left off don't you yeah you don't that's go, right yeah yeah exactly right you don't want to go back to no 30 years when you're <laughs> 55 no, exactly right <laughs> and do i need to fix my interest rate right at the start or can i choose to fix it in a little bit later yeah so it comes down to the buyer's needs at the at um at the start so um if they want to make as i said before like if they want to make budgeting easier um then by all means look at fixing it um however anytime throughout you know your loan cycle you can you can look to either fix um fix a product if not keep it variable and is so, it easy to – not that you would do it all the time, but is it easy to, to get in and out of one to the other? Um, it is um, to an extent. So um, it really depends on what particular product you're in. Some some home loans, basically, anything you do is covered in the particular package that you're in. Um, so you basically you've got to just check with your lender at the end of the day. Um, I probably wouldn't advise about going from a fix to a variable because sometimes it could be break, break charges. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and break charges are just a few hundred dollars, is that right? Or it really depends on the loan balance yep. and, and the difference between the interest rate when it was fixed as opposed to what it is now. Oh. So there isn't there isn't a set amount, so right. it really depends. And can you talk to me about lenders' mortgage insurance and what it is, when it's required? Yeah. So um, terminology and everything like that, a lot of people say LMI, so when people hear the word LMI, it's Lenders Mortgage Insurance, they get confused about what it is. Um, so it's typically re- uh, required uh, if you're going to be borrowing 80% or more of the value of the property. Um, so that is a one-off fee to protect the lender. So a lot of people get confused. They think that's basically covering the actual borrower, but it's to cover the bank if um, the the, 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 um, the person uh, can't make repayments. So... Um, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I think for first home buyers, a lot of them will look at it as an additional fee that they're paying. However, um, if they're waiting, you know, six to 12 months to save that amount to try and avoid lenders mortgage insurance, they could be out of the market because we've seen what, um, house prices are doing lately. So Mm. yeah, so it can be a good thing, can be a bad thing, but I see it as a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever gets you in. It means you get in in the market quicker with a 5% deposit pretty much. And what additional fees do I need to cover for, you know? Is there you know, valuation and legal fees? and? Yep. So um, uh, what we generally say to, to the clients or members is you, you always need to have some additional fees for like, like your pest, your, your building, uh, your legal and conveyancing fees, transfer fees, because there are a lot of things that you can't put onto your home loan. Um, so always make sure you leave room for those because, yeah, there's stamp duty. There could be LMI costs, uh, utilities moving into the new property because that settlement, you might need to pay a portion of that. Um, yeah, so always just make sure you leave the set aside. So ask your lender first because it really depends on your scenario. Mm, okay. Yep. <coughs> Sorry, Kieran. If I called you today and filled out my online online uh, form to start, because mm. you have, a, you know, there's always a little bit of an online get started today yeah, and is. find out. Yep. Um, how long would the process take until I can know a rough guide on how much I could borrow? Yep. So in regards to a, a potential borrowing capacity could basically be worked out on that day. 
as long as we have the the minimum requirements that we need to work out borrowing capacity, we could do it the same day. Um, so then, yeah, basically, given we've got all that, all the supporting documents, within three days we can give you basically wow. a pre-approval. But it's important to note that uh, if I fill it out and you say, yes, you can borrow 650000 that's not pre-approval. It's a guide. It's a guide. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a, that's not a green light to put an offer exactly. in on a home. Yeah, a lot of people rush out and put an offer in and it's like, no, 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 you shouldn't be doing that yet. <laughs> and on that, what does pre-approval mean? If I'm pre-approved for six fifty, how soon can I start looking for a property mm-hmm. at that mark? Yeah, so pre-approval basically means um, it's a conditional approval. Um, so we need to s- sort of verify things um, in your application, the valuation of the property. Um, so your pre-approved amount is basically conditional on the property that you're purchasing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can make an offer on the property at, up to the limit that you're being pre-approved for. Um, however, you need to be mindful um, yeah, that, that that pre-approval is conditional. So if I looked at a property that needed a fair bit of work so mm-hmm. I got it for 100 150 grand less yeah. than mm-hmm. does that still work can I st- or is that where I need to come to you and go hey look I found a place for 500 but it needs $150,000 worth of work yep so in regards to that particular scenario so basically if the valuation of that property um, came back and depending on what your LVR is um, so depending on how much you're borrowing versus what the property is worth um, we could potentially give you additional funds for those home improvements okay yeah and on that, how do you value a property? I'm looking at buying something, I'm going through you. What what are the you obviously have professionals that go out and value a property yep. and look at past data and what's going that's on? That's correct. Yeah. So so basically it that's all out of house. We we don't have any control of it. Um, there's a number of different um, valuers that we do use. Um, so yeah, they will basically look at um, past sale history, obviously what's located in the vicinity as well. Um, obviously land value, which is generally set by council um, and those sort of things. So, And obviously the condition of the house. Okay. So if for some reason that you get it for an absolute steal and you buy it for 600000 however, it says it's worth seven hundred, then by all means um, you'd be cheering. But I don't see that happen too often. What happens <laughs> on the flip side when I... I want to pay six hundred, and it's only worth five. Yeah, unfortunately, that um, you do you do come into a bit of an issue there because obviously we can only lend you the amount on what the actual property is valued at, and that does happen sometimes. Not 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 a lot, but it can happen. I imagine it happens for sort of those more unique properties that exactly. Then just not in every street and every suburb. Yeah, they're that's a little right. bit out of the box. Yeah, that's right. You don't correct. know how to price them. That's right. Particularly if nothing has sold like that in the area and oh, you've got no comparatives. Yeah, if you've got no data around the area, that can make it a bit tricky sometimes. Um, at times, you can sort of um, you can question the valuers and see if they're able to potentially look at revaluing the property as well. Um, if you think it's, it's well out of um, well out of price, mm. yeah. What's the biggest mistake you see when people are coming to you for a loan? You must see some repetitive mistakes happening all the time the first thing that well the main thing that usually sticks out to me is make sure your application pre-approval like for your home loan is your very first thought because a lot of people will go out make offers they can't get what they need therefore they lose their lose their deposit they've put down so that's always a number one issue because we 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 know the market's running so hot at the moment and things don't last very long Um, so just make sure you've got that pre-approval and how long does that pre-approval last for um, three to six months. Sometimes we might just need to ask for wages, uh, wage slips again, just to refresh that. Yep. Okay. Yep. But generally, good three three yep. month window yep. at least. Yep. Okay. 
And I do just want to talk about refinancing for a minute. Um, if I've been paying off my mortgage for the last four or five years and I haven't refinanced mm. and my interest rate's around the 4% mark and say my loan's about four fifty five hundred thousand, is it easy to refinance at the moment? Is it a very simple process or is it still a few hoops to jump as if I was a first homeowner? No, so, so basically with refinancing, it's pretty much all the same requirements as, as purchasing a property. So we still need to go through all that information. Um, but um, we've got, um, there, is a, there is a process called fast refinance. Um, so generally it could take up to six to eight weeks to refinance from another lender. But fast refinance basically means if we've got all these supporting documents, application, everything's done and approved, we can do it within three to five days. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. We, we might not get the title deed or whatever it might be from the other institution. Um, however, that's how quick we can do it. And you don't even need to tell your other lender. Mm. So, um, yeah. And yeah, but in regards to interest rates and that at the moment, um, it is always worthwhile because if you're paying 4% now and there's below 2% interest rates, it's, it's always worthwhile. Um, generally these days, a lot of lenders won't charge you application fees. Um, so all you've really got is your discharge fee on your other bank, which is usually about three hundred and fifty dollars. But like the savings potential uh, between a four, uh, like a four percent and two percent interest rate, is is absolutely massive. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And is there a big difference between paying off my loan weekly, fortnightly, or monthly? Um, so in regards to paying uh, weekly, fortnightly, and monthly, obviously the more often you pay, the less interest you're going to be charged. Um, so I wouldn't say there's a huge interest. However, yes, uh, sorry, a, a huge difference, I should say, not interest. Um, there's not a huge difference. However, o- over the life of the loan, it, it could potentially be a big, a big, yep. a big savings. Yep. All right. And I would love to know, you're a busy guy, mm-hmm. what's one app on your phone you couldn't live without? LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. LinkedIn. Do you get a lot of business through LinkedIn? Yes. A lot, a lot of networking? Of yeah. Um, just recently, I've actually disabled my socials because I just find that they're taking up a lot of my time for unnecessary reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do find LinkedIn is my number one go-to because obviously, obviously being a huge believer in like connecting locals and communities, mm. um, I'm, I'm always on, on LinkedIn having conversations, getting business, looking at potential opportunities uh, with us, with other business partners. So Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. And yeah. my very last question is... Uh, you're, you're now a local? Yes. Well, you weren't born here, were you? <laughs> no. no. So you're not a local? <laughs> I'm not, I, I could probably say that I am a local because my grandparents have lived up here pretty much all my life and every school holidays. We used to – they live at um, Shelley Beach. We used to go there every school holidays. So kind, kind of, of a local. Okay. So <laughs> what uh, as a local then, what what's your place to visit? Where do you love to go, eat, hang out, hike? What's your – um, so living in North of Oka, obviously Terrigal's my go-to because the amount of uh, restaurants and cafes now in Terrigal since I did move to the coast are absolutely outstanding. Um, hike-wise, obviously the Bordai National Park, uh, Maitland Bay, it's amazing down down that area. Um, that's usually my go-to. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for coming in today. Ta, I appreciate it. Thank you, Shane. Thank you so much. I hope you found today's episode of Our Heritage interesting and helpful. If you want to know a little bit more about anything Shane and I discussed, please see the show notes below. 
A big thanks to Shane for actually coming in and chatting with us today about all things banking and home loans. Our Heritage Drops every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcast, was produced by Kieran Christie, hosted by me, Carly Eldridge, and brought to you by Heritage Media. And I just want to say quickly, if you actually like this episode, please leave us a review and rate us and let us know how we're going. Bye for now. Heritage Media.